Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. two defenders in Jordan 9. Steve Cook sees the headlines, drives it for goal, spilt, and Ake has won it fully! Nathan Ake stands it home, and the Terries have surely completed an unthinkable turnaround. It's Bournemouth 4, Liverpool 3. Oh, what a goal and what a game that was, my match of the season. But was it yours? We may have a category in our end-of-season awards about that. More information about our awards coming up. But hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever and wherever you're listening. This is Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis. We are up to episode 47. And since we started the show, we've covered incredible wins, horrendous losses, but... We've not covered anything quite so non-eventful yet goal-filled as Saturday's game versus Stoke. So, with that in mind, what's on the menu for today? Well, we start with Michael's match report from the Vitality as the Cherries pulled a draw out of somewhere against a well-drilled Potter side. We hear from Alex Deutsch, A.D. Brown and maybe a couple of others who, amongst other things, will give us their opinion on that tackle from Harry Arter. Then we'll remind you of the aforementioned Back of the Net End of Season Awards, giving you the relevant categories that you can be voting for. We'll then preview Bournemouth's next match, and that's against Eddie's old club, Burnley. So we'll be excited to welcome the 40-a-day-sounding Sean Dyche down to Dinkor. I couldn't go deep enough, I tried. Where both teams are going to be looking to put their abject performances of the weekend behind them. Now, a few eagle-eared listeners last week will have correctly noted that in Do You Remember... I actually forgot to bleep out the team name of the opposition from the commentary audio, yet I persisted by asking who the team were. Um, big shout out 
to Dan Torpy, who, despite my massive clue, tweeted us to say the answer was Accrington Stanley. Afraid not, Dan, it was Blythe Spartans, as Radio Solent actually said. But anyway, this week, we've got a gem of a piece of audio. You won't find it anywhere on the internet, and it is rare as rocking horse doo-doo. We can say that, right? Uh, anyway, this has been provided by John Sharkey, the uh, former uh, media manager at AFC Bournemouth, and it's from a Cherries manager from yesteryear getting very irate with a journalist who asks a stupid question. Uh, now, I know we're not exactly Watford-esque with the way we get through our managers, so it'll probably be relatively easy to guess who it is. But anyway, aside from that, have a listen to this. He gets a bit mad. We've had, uh, what, uh, three games won in, in ten. Is there a, a new policy at all? Is there, we going to see any change at all in, uh, in tactics? We've had, what have we had? Three games won in ten. What, we've won three games yeah. in ten? Have we? Is that what we've won? Yeah. I thought we've won more than that, haven't we? And the rest, yeah. But in the last ten, obviously, I'm yeah. just saying that the statistics aren't, aren't that great. I'm just wondering whether oh, there's, I think, there's I new think, tactics. I think we've won six out of the last twelve, haven't we? Yeah. I think with one, two, lost two, one, two, lost two, one, right. two, lost two. Okay, I was just looking back <laughs> at the last ten. Last well, that, that, four. That makes right. four then, okay. doesn't it? Four that out of ten. Four. Okay, so we're one better than that, but 40%. Is that still, you know, are you still looking at new tactics? Uh, I don't, I, I, I've got to be honest, I'm really, you know, aggravates your life out of me. You, you, you've come here and you've told me something that isn't actually the facts. You've not got it right. Well, okay, I'm, you're, I'm looking, you're, I'm you're looking at... taking a negative slant on everything that was, was happening. If we'd have had in the last 12 games... If we'd have taken that on through the course of the season, we'd have had be- best part of 70 points, which would have taken us up the top end of the table. Okay, okay? I'm uh, so what fans yeah, no, no, I don't know about what, what, what fans are saying to you, but I mean, you're, is, is that what you're driven by, the fans and what have you? I mean, so I, I'm here to do a job, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and talk negative about what am I going to do. We've actually done okay of late. We've had two disappointing results. Before that, we've had back-to-back wins, and we've, and we've played well. We've given ourselves a chance of getting out of trouble. We're out the bottom four as it is. When I came here, we were deep in trouble, just outside the bottom four. Nothing has changed. We're in a perilous situation financially. It was always going to be difficult. Now, the lads have done okay. We've had a couple of indifferent results. We've got two games at home. We need to start picking up some results. The lads are in fantastic spirits. We've all had a chat about how disappointed we've been over the last couple of games. And we got on with it. But you went backward in coming forward about saying how disappointed you were. Of with course, it. but that was last Saturday. You know, I've, we were disappointed and we've worked on it. But now, now, now I can't be here Friday more, uh, Thursday morning, looking forward to Saturday's games, slating the players and being on a downer. We've got, we've got to get everybody. We've all got to be positive. We've got to all, all be up for a game on Saturday. Now I, I'm not going to get everyone up by saying, listen, lads, we've only won three in ten when it's not true anyway, okay, well, and all of a sudden taking a negative slant, we've got to go out there and everyone's got to feel up, everyone's got to be positive. And that's what we want to know, you know, are, are the good lads positive? Absolutely, absolutely they're positive. Uh, they're, when, when you nothing, nothing that I've done or anybody's done would suggest otherwise, I don't think, since I've been here. And I mean, you? things have to be said, and I've said them after a game, if I've been disappointed, I've said that we've disappointed, if I've needed to speak to the players, I've told the players, but there comes a point in the week well, you have to put it behind you, you have to work on it, and you have to move on and look forward to Saturday to get a positive result, and that's what we're doing. Do you remember? Do you remember? 
Well, he was having a bit of a bad day, wasn't he? Well, you'd think so. But we're going to give you a bonus bit of audio this week. Uh, now, that was a 2CRFM presenter uh, that actually said that. But his hatred of local radio stations didn't stop there. Listen to this one. I just asked quickly ahead of the Doncaster again, just in case I don't get down here. Um, I was just relative, uh, reliably informed, even, <laughs> that uh, the manager of Doncaster was here for 23 years. Right. Um, do you think that will be a t- particularly um, good game? Because, of course, it's at Dean's Court as well. Are you... You can. This are is you not on mic or not on mic. Work. No, no. Are you? Are you the? Is it the Wave 105? Are you the Wave 105 sports reporter? Ish. I was going to say it must be a little bit ish if it's only just come to your attention that well, John O'Driscoll was actually a manager down <laughs> at Bournemouth. I know. I know. I'm what sorry. I, I, I do What happened to Oh, cutting as ever, but. Who was it? That's the only question this week. No uh, multiple questions after it. Just simple. Who was that manager? Have a think. And in the meantime, let's wind back to Saturday. Here's Michael Dunn, who provides his opinion and report from the score draw at home to Stoke City. Honours even at Dean Court on Saturday, as our wonderful Cherries guaranteed themselves a third season in the Premier League after sharing the spoils with Mark Hughes' Stoke City. With his attacking options limited following Benicophobe's hamstring injury, Eddie stuck with the 4-4-2 formation by drafting in Lise Mousset for his first start in the Premier League. One position we never appear short of personnel is on the wings, and after a decent cameo at Sunderland, Junior Stanislas came in for Ryan Fraser who dropped to the bench. In keeping with tradition against all but the very biggest clubs, we dominated the early stages of the contest. With Stokes set up to frustrate and spoil, we were unable to fashion much from our dominance, aside from a dangerous Adam Smith cross that went begging. For a spell, the most exciting event to occur was Bailey Cargill emerging from the bench to help Arta Boritz tie his shoelace in a tribute to Gianelli and Bueller from the corresponding fixture last season. Smith did, however, almost break the deadlock midway through the first half when he cut inside from a Josh King pass and sent in a curled effort which bounced off Jack Button's post. Mousset was well placed to tap the rebound into the net but lashed his volley high over the bar. The game then entered another soporific stage during which some of the players may have been mulling over their summer holiday options but this was not of any interest to Harry Arter who elected to refocus the entire stadium on matters at hand by launching a more than committed high-footed tackle on Potter's midfielder Joe Allen, which may have seen the red card emerge from referee Paul Tioni's pocket had number eight not made some kind of contact with the ball. The incident appeared to benefit the away side more than the Cherries, as we allowed them more and more time on the ball through a series of misplaced passes and a surprising lack of desire to win it back. With Marco and Artovich auditioning for the role of pantomime villain with a series of pratfalls, Zerdin Shakiri saw a shot blocked by Steve Cook and Boric saved a stinging effort from Mark Muniesa. We were treading a thin line and when Steve Cook conceded a corner on 33 minutes, it was no surprise that Stoke took the lead. Arnautovic swung the ball in and in an attempt to help his defence out, Lise Mousset saw his dream of a debut to remember shattered when he headed into his own goal. Our French forward's misfortune drew a remarkably aggressive celebration from Arnautovic, who appeared to offer the entire North Stand outside before courageously doing similar to the family stand. We did have a chance to get back on terms before the break when Lewis Cook, who had looked impressive throughout, found Stanislas with a long-range pass. 
Junior's cross was poorly cleared by Glenn Johnson, affording the tightly marked Josh King an opportunity to pounce, but our normally dead-eyed striker completely miskicked the ball and it flew well wide of Butland's goal. The second half saw Stoke dig in even further, withdrawing deep into their own half and seeking to demonstrate what they had learnt from our time-wasting masterclass at the Bet365 in November. In response to our inability to get behind the massed ranks of the Potters, Eddie withdrew Mousset for Fraser and moved Stanislas into a central role. It was a reshuffle which led to the Cherries equalising goal, but not before Arnautovic had headed over a guilt-edged opportunity to double his side's lead from Shakiri's cross. Shortly after that let-off, we swept forward with Lewis Cook releasing Adam Smith, whose low cross was dummied by King and fired home by the grateful Stanislas. Junior's appearance on the score sheet was all the more impressive as he was visibly suffering from a hamstring strain, his celebration occurring in slow motion as he held the back of his thigh. The Cherry Nation hoped this goal would be the catalyst required to see us go on and take all the points, but with the points still on offer, Mark Hughes' men saw no reason to abandon their game plan. They continued to prove effective, and on the break they continued to threaten. Allen saw his effort go wide, but Stoke retook the lead through Mame Juf on 73 minutes after some dodgy defending from our rearguard. Anatovic headed down Jeff Cameron's high ball and Simon Francis failed to clear more than once in very untidy fashion, allowing Juf to just about record his first goal of the season with a mishit shot the quality of which mirrored our defending. Things look bleak at this point, but we are made of sterner stuff than our inaugural Premier League season and after Jonathan Walters had missed another headed chance for the visitors, we levelled it up for a second time. Once again, Smith broke free down the right and his pinpoint cross found the head of the leaping Max Gradle. The Ivorian's effort then hit King before Ryan Shawcross was overcome with sympathy for Mousset's earlier gaffe and decided to ease Lise's pain by putting the ball past Butland with his not inconsiderable posterior. Prior to the final whistle, Gradle had a shot held by Butland and Shakiri's free kick was blocked by the ever-imperious Steve Cook. And although all civilised people would have enjoyed their weekend that little bit more had our heroes in red and black nicked it, a draw was probably a fair result. So, another season of Premier League riches and potential historic deeds is now ours to look forward to. It seemed to take a while to get there this time around, but we must never forget that this was a club which less than a decade ago were in 91st place in the Football League and could not even afford to buy paint to mark out the pitch. If you made it up, people would tell you it was way too far-fetched to convince anyone that it was true. Michael once again pulling the cherry goods out of the bag. Thanks, Michael. That's Michael Dunn at All Departments on Twitter. A very fair view on what was rightfully the last in the running order on Saturday night's match of the day. Four goals, but rubbish, wasn't it? Anyway, straight after the whistle, um, Kevin Anderson got in touch over Twitter. That's at Baseman Kev. Always puts in a strong performance on Tuesday night's anti-football. Uh, little down does Kevin. Anyway, song choice for this week he came up with it and uh, in amongst some cherry and media views now we've got some thoughts also from the wizards of drivel the stoke podcaster so the song to celebrate the fact that the cherries are a premier league club for the third consecutive season kevin amazing choice it's the safety dance from men without <laughs> can we believe we're doing this as men without hats here we go
Uh, a, a really average performance in a, one of those games where you know nothing's really going to happen. And that was the game it really was and turned out to be. Finished 2-2, there was a little bit of tension between some of the fans and Marco Anatovic through some of his tackles throughout the game. Potentially could have got sent off, but within doubt, Harriata's tackle on Joe Allen looks to be okay, but a very dangerous and risky move from Harriata could easily obviously see him with an early bath in the first half. But, it, yeah, it was one of those games, really. Uh, my thoughts on the game, if you're interested, oh, it's a very, very scrappy game. I don't know how four goals were scored within it because I felt the game didn't really deserve four goals. Uh, it's another point to where officially not going to go down, which is good. Um, very much an end of season affair. It was not the Premier League full Premier League debut that at least Moussa was dreaming about, though, Paul. No, it wasn't, Jeff. And he scored an own goal. He couldn't really do much about it. He goes up with Cameron and it comes off his head, flies in the corner. Bar that, he had half a chance that he sort of scuffed his lines. So, not the greatest. So, went 1 0 down. And then Stanislaus Adam Smith down the right, who I watch him a lot. He's getting better and better every week. I think this lad's a good, good player. Goes down, well, just before that, Anatovic has missed an absolute sitter to make it 2 0. Two minutes later, he falls asleep. Smith goes down the right, whips it in. Great bit of play by King. He just dummies it. Stanislaus runs onto it, puts it in. And it's 1-0, and then you think, probably go on and win this, Bournemouth. And then Juve gets a goal, poor. Ball gets lobbed into the box six yards out. I think the keeper should come. And Anatovic sort of heads the ball down, and Juve takes a touch and he puts it in. And then Shawcross with an own goal, which I think's offside. Again, Adam Smith down the right, pulls it. Uh, pulls it back, Gradle header, should do better. King's offside, hits his leg and it, it comes out, hits Shawcross, rolls in the corner, 2-2. Two, two. Probably a fair result. Hi guys, David Cowlishaw here from the Wizards of Dribble Stoke City podcast, just giving you my thoughts on the 2-2 two, two draw at the Vitality Stadium on Saturday. I thought it was a fair result, really. Both teams securing their Premier League status for another year. A fantastic achievement for you guys and an achievement we've sort of grown a bit used to really at Stoke but we shouldn't really take for granted. As for the game itself, well, probably not a lot to write home about. I think there have certainly been more entertaining two, two draws than that this season and its place at, at the back of the match of the day queue was probably justified. There were moments for either side, you hit the post, Marco Natovic should have converted a header for us. But on the whole, I don't think many people will remember this game too fondly. The big flashpoint in the game was, of course, Harry Arty's challenge on Joe Allen, which I cannot uh, fathom why that was a, not a red card. It's a disgusting challenge, and just kind of feel in my partisan mind that were it a Stoke player, he would have seen red. But on the whole, a, f a fair result, and I'm looking forward to visiting the Vitality next season.
And we're certainly looking forward to having you, David. And uh, thanks very much for that. That was David, a Stoke City fan and podcaster on the Wizards of Drivel podcast. We'll be retweeting uh, their latest show, so do make sure you tune into that. Now, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that we have a themed topical song to accompany the fan thoughts. And it was Baseman Kev on Twitter, Kevin Anderson, who came up with this week's one and... Safety. I mean, what? Where is that song from? That's an '80s number, surely. And he's got to be an '80s child. Let's just check his date of birth on Facebook. Ah, 1981, of course. Anyway, we also had Matt from AFCB TV. We had uh, the Bear Pit TV, Stoke City YouTube channel there, and also Paul Merson once again pronouncing Junior's surname in a way that no one else can. Stanislaus. Oh, come on. Anyway, stop press. Uh, looks like we've just had an email in, uh, an extra surplus bonus view this week uh, from Jamie Williams. Let's press play. I thought it was a general end-of-season affair where both sides clearly not going down. Got a chance at top ten, but there was just a lack of intensity from both teams. Um, I thought we were quite lucky to get a draw because obviously coming from behind twice in the game overall I thought it was brilliant uh, to get the goal from Shawcross at, but I thought it was king although I did think it was offside no, no 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 not offside Jamie not offside as you can see if you if you get your protractor out from a certain angle it's actually onside I think it is actually onside but it it depends which camera angle you look from. Uh, but anyway, that's Jamie Williams. Thank you for your opinions, Jamie, and your retweets and all your thoughts throughout the season on back in the net. Your contribution uh, is really valued. Thank you very much. And um, as I said, I'm speaking to Alex Deutsch and A.D. Brown. Uh, A.D. famous from redandblack.net and uh, performing in a number of... Oh, I say performing. Uh, hobbling around in a number of charity matches. <laughs> at Dean Court. I played with him a few times with Paul Kenwood and co. And uh, I, I seem to remember you scoring a decent goal at Dean Court there, AD. But anyway, um, we're recording on a Tuesday night and uh, we've got anti-football organised by Alex Deutsch between now and then. So in an hour's time or a few seconds for you at home, we're going to be chatting to the boys. So we've just finished football and I don't know who won, but there were plenty of goals and Alex Deutsch is with me. Alex, how are you? Yeah, very well. Uh, feeling a bit tired though. Yeah, scored a few good goals again today, Alex. Yeah, you know, I, I, I take uh, a lot of my inspiration from Tequila Renty. So. <laughs> yeah. And also we've got uh, A.D. Brown as well. A.D., how are you? I'm um, good, thank you. A little bit banged and beaten up. Um, <laughs> everyone seems to want to kick me tonight. Yeah. It was one of those days, wasn't it? So, yeah, let's talk about um, the match. Well, well, hang on a minute. We're going to talk about my goal that I scored. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go on then. Talk us through it. Shinned it from one yard. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on to Saturday's game. And it was, a, it was a bit of a difficult one, wasn't it? I mean, it was slow and lifeless. It wasn't, it wasn't our usual fast start, was it? No, it was the friendly that no one wants. Bournemouth versus Stoke. Um, they're, they're, they're both on the beach, aren't they? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, a bit. 
I've never been so bored at a football match in my life. Yeah, it's um, it's a shame because we just didn't have that intensity that we usually do. Um, we'll talk about the Harry Arter challenge a bit sort of later on because, uh, well, that was pretty crazy. But the first chance we had was that um, was Adam Smith, wasn't it? I mean, that was that was a right old chance where we played some really good football and then Smith cutting on the left and hit the post. I mean, from your angle, did you think it was in? Oh yeah, no, I, I, I was celebrating that and then. Musa came for the uh, for the rebound, and I think it just fell to him a little bit too quickly. Yeah. Blasted over the bar, but um, yeah, I, I, it was it was good work from Smith. To be fair, I mean, for a right back, you can certainly hit him. Yeah, like that one against Everton last season, yeah. that was going to the corner flag and then just dropped in at the last minute. And what a shot! Yeah, I, I did think it was in. It was from the opposite end from where I sit, and yeah, I thought it was in. But um, so speaking of Adam Smith, have you seen the, these rumours on Twitter today about Spurs potentially being interested in? Does this worry you a bit, Alex? Honestly, no. Do you um, think? Do you think he's not going to go? No, I, d- I don't think there's any truth in the rumours, to be honest. But <sighs> I, Smith's a bit of a tricky one for me. Um, I do, I do rate him, but he can be very inconsistent, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it, it does. It doesn't worry me losing him as much as it might potentially another player. Yeah. Yeah. I take it you were thinking Josh King or someone yeah, like that or, or Steve Cook for example um, yeah. I think uh, Smith is replaceable I, I might get shot down for that so uh, we'll, you know, obviously Harry did his thing and we'll talk about that in a minute but um, Moussa great to get on the score sheet wasn't it but unfortunately uh, the wrong end but how, how do you think he did in the game as a whole Alex I mean He's, he's shown some signs, hasn't he? But um, it just didn't seem... Uh, you're right there, Ailey. I was having a little cough. <laughs> tried, to, tried to get away from the mic, but... He's a, he's a professional, really. But, yeah, I mean, how do you think Moussa <laughs> did in, uh, in general? It's difficult to say because the game overall was pretty poor. Um, and I think had he had some performing players around him, it might have been better. But it, it, it wasn't great from him to start off with. I don't think he offered a lot. Um, you, you can't really blame him for the chance. It fell to him quick. He was probably celebrating as well, to be fair. So, um, but yeah, it, it wasn't the best of of games. Um, and his own goal was was unlucky. You can't blame him for that. But fair play. He wanted to be on the score sheet, and it happened. So could have gone anywhere really with a header like that. Yeah, he's always yeah. brave. I mean, I, I blame him less than I blame the Cook and Smith for pushing each other around and not focusing on what was going on. Um, yeah, I think I'll sort it out. <laughs> but we did get a goal back, and um, it was it was fairly well worked, wasn't it? I mean, it was um, Adam Smith again, instrumental. He got he got man of the match, and he and he played that ball in. Josh King then ran over it, and then Stanislas with that with that sort of excellent finish. Um, that was one all, and at the time I thought I thought that we would maybe pick up some momentum and carry on like we usually do, but it seemed to be sort of lifeless again. I mean. Yeah, Actually, just before that, Stoke could have made it 2-0 and should have. Was it um, Arnautovic with the header that went over the bar? Yeah, I, I don't like that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I cheered when that went over. He, he, gave, he gave the family stand the big one when he, when he scored. I didn't quite understand that. Yeah. He was cupping his ear when, when they scored. It's not as if their, own t- their team scored. We did. Yeah. So I don't really... Yeah, it was... Um, that that uh, Stanislas goal was quite similar to that one he scored. Was it against Brentford? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was I think that might have been one of his first. Uh, it was very similar to that. It was it was a good finish. Wasn't it? I feel a bit sorry for Stanislas because every time he gets into the team, um, has a good run, looks like a really good, exciting player. I mean, he's really good at crossing balls yeah. in, and then he just gets himself injured. So I mean, it, after he uh, after he scored, he was 
run yeah. along, pulling the back of his leg again. It's just it's so unlucky because yeah. he does look like one of those players who could turn something on and and, yeah. and create something out of nothing. Mm. And the set pieces are brilliant. I just love to see him have a full season because I mm. think if he does, everyone will finally see what Eddie clearly sees in him. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So uh, obviously Stoke made it two-one, and then uh, King got his sort of lucky goal. Well, it wasn't it wasn't accredited to him in the end, but two all. Cherries are safe. How much of an achievement is it for AFC Bournemouth to be in the Premier League for a third year in a row, Eddie? That's fantastic. Um, when you consider the vast majority of the squad were still playing for us in League One, to see the development and just how well that group of players are doing, it. I can't really put it into words a lot of yeah, the time it's just it's just it's just fantastic um, I think they always say that the second season is always more difficult than the first uh, and I do think the real challenge for us moving forward is how we um, build better depth and talent in the squad mm. that we've got at the moment so I mean where do you think we've succeeded where teams like Middlesbrough and well potentially Hull or Swansea have failed because one of them two are surely going to go down what, you know, what makes us you know, different I think it's the unit I think the parts of of our team are a lot stronger despite individually you look at that squad and you think how many of them would really walk into a, into another Premier League team mm. you, you're looking Cook uh, um, King yeah. um, Arter when he's, when he's really firing but the overall unit of the team is what yeah. is what makes Bournemouth absolutely yeah. I mean mm-hmm. individually you look at um, Middlesbrough signed all those those stars who, you know, they've been good players in the past, but it, that's not what makes. There's good, there's good balance, I think, across the team and the players that we've got. When they, you know, when they turn it on, they really, really complement each other. And I think there's been a couple of occasions. I think it might have. There's a couple of games last season when you're looking at the players and you're thinking we are only one or two good quality signings away from having a a proper team here at the moment that yeah. could that could really challenge things. I mean, we've had a couple of inconsistent runs and knocks over the season you know certainly the the defence earlier on yeah. uh, when we're shipping what three four goals a game I'd, but yeah I'd rather have a team of lower league footballers who are all desperate to play yeah. well and desperate to develop and be better than I would to have a superstar come in on ridiculous money who actually technically is a lot better than each one of those players yeah. um, but doesn't doesn't want to play Eddie's football and mm-hmm. that's that's happened in the past hasn't it well I say superstar we've had some established footballers come and join us yeah. and it hasn't worked out because yeah. well, the, 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 there's almost there's no there's no egos really in the dressing room it's almost like it, get, it gets stamped out and they're off yeah. yeah yeah well we've seen Lee Tomlin and players like that so Jamie Williams got in touch on Twitter our favourite fan and he asked a question to Alex specifically um, asking about the League One Championship players so you've got Boric, Smith Frano, Cook Daniels, Pugh Arter, Sermon who of them will be in the starting eleven next season? Would you say, and who has pretty much got a season on the bench? Well, each season that we've progressed, I go, "Oh, that's the end of Pure, isn't it?" Mm. Each season, I go, yeah. uh, "Each Every season, time. he goes." We we went up to the championship, and I go, "Well, you know, we'll probably." And each season, he, he mm-hmm. just performs, so I can't write him off. No, um, I, I think w- yeah. wouldn't write him off next season either. He's just a very, a very classy winger. I mean, he hasn't got the pace that everybody else has got, but what he does, he does very, very well. Uh, Spends some time out of the team, doesn't complain about it, is very professional with it, and then when he comes in, he always takes his opportunities and delivers. So, Pew, absolutely keep him again. Um, Cook. 
goes without saying, my, yeah. player, my player of the season. Steve Cook. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. And um, Arthur, I, I think he's, I think he's struggled a bit this season, Harry Arthur, but yeah, I, I love him. I think he's a. It's the it's passion and commitment. Yeah. You can't, you know, you, you can't buy that kind of commitment from a player. I mean. I know we said we're going to talk about the tackle again yeah, later, he, but, but he, it's his desire to win. Exactly. That, and he is a good that, man. Yeah, that, that, I, I, from, yeah, from gestures he's done off the pitch, yeah, he's, he's a very, very mm-hmm. good man. Yeah. So then, let's talk about that tackle. And I'm here to remind you of a mess you left when you were aware. It's not Oh, Harry Arter, Harry Arter, lucky not, surely lucky not to be red carded. Yeah, I think it's a red. Yeah, I have to say, I haven't seen it. He he goes in with force, he goes over the top of the ball. um, And it's it's a weird, he is two-footed at some stage as he goes in for the ball. out of control, surely out of we're control. They're watching it in slow motion. That at full endangering pace an opponent. was endangering an opponent. As Chris said, I think that's a, a red card, but he's got away with it. Yep. Seems to tick every box, doesn't it? Endangering an opponent, it out of control, two-footed. Reckless. Not a massive speed, but still enough. It, it's, it's a bit too high for my life, you know? Right, so uh, that was a song choice that came in from Mark. Uh, you are to know from Alanis Morissette. That's the worst pun I think I've ever heard. And you heard a bit of media reaction there. AD is, uh, I don't know if you're grimacing or laughing just, there. Just but give me a minute. A, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he needs a minute to get over that. Um, so Harry Arter's challenge then. Uh, you've heard the media sort of pundits there have their say. When you saw it live, Alex, what did you think? It was a very Arter-esque challenge, wasn't it? I, th- I thought it was. I, th- I thought it was a good challenge. I'm miles away, to be fair. Um, I thought it was. I thought it, it looked okay. I mean, there's a. Um, it wasn't really in keeping with the the temper of the game. Not at all. I it, know. All, it it's was such like. A slow game. It, it was like walking football, and then some mm-hmm. bloke sprints and and. Mine. <laughs> a, a bit like watching me play football tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but there was there was another challenge similar that everyone sort of. Um, everyone was applauding, and it was shared loads on. Uh, on social media, this uh, challenge, the Celtic player challenge. Ah, uh, yeah. And he, the, mm-hmm. the guy does practically a double front flip. Yeah. Um, and everyone's saying that's a brilliant challenge. Mm-hmm. Now I've I've not seen that, but mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people are saying. But it wasn't in the tempo of the game, and I think no. he was lucky. I mean, if it was mistimed, obviously it could have been very bad. But I've asked many people, you'd rather have that aggression than not in the midfield, wouldn't you? Yeah, as long as it's um, sort of controlled aggression then definitely he's he's got a lot better he he, he, mm-hmm. he used to be a right um gob, gobby guy and uh, yeah he's uh he's 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 toned that down a lot and he's developed he's developed that sort of part of his game i wouldn't i wouldn't want to um to lose that aggression just like it, it's a bit like rooney in his earlier years that's mm. what that's what made him such a good you good can't i think with Arta, you know what you get, and it's part and parcel of his game. Um, and as we said, it's his commitment that will lead to tackles like that. And I guess for as good as he's got, uh, sorry, as good as he is at the moment, there's still an acceptance that every now and again he is going to miss time. Them. I mean, I think the only thing for me is if you look at um, who's the Everton player, uh, name's gone from the man who broke his leg. 
Oh yeah, um, Seamus Coleman as well. You know, it's a very you, to go in like that with a studs up. Yes, he did get the ball, but you can see the consequences of that when it goes wrong. And, and you know, there's there's no malicious intent there with it, but you don't like to see that week in week out. But you wouldn't change Arta for for the world. That's it. So uh, in a moment, we're going to be talking about the back of the end of season awards. But just before we do, um, another question that came in. Uh, how are we going to see the young, straight new players like Ramsdale, Mings, Cargill, uh, Brad Smith, Lewis Cook, Heinemann, Ibe, Mousset progress with the current setup at the club? Jamie says uh, the setup, we've got a poor standard of youth football and cup football coming around once in a blue moon. How are they going to deliver? And how are they, you know, are they going to get thrown together at some point? Because it's, it's, it's really difficult for them to make inroads, isn't it? I think it's difficult. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's going for this one. It's Alex. They, I wonder if uh, perhaps uh, the person who asked this question thinks I have a bigger knowledge into, <laughs> yeah. into our setup um, as I do. I don't know. Um, it's not really working in the cup like that. And that's his, that's his idea, isn't mm. it? To blood them in the cup. Um, There's a few in there, I think, that could benefit from some loans. But if you look historically, we've you know, every couple of seasons we've had some really, really talented people come through the youth setup. When you look at uh, Danny Ings, Brett Pittman, yeah. uh, and players like that, and as the club's accelerated and grown, it's almost like it's, it's grown quick. It's going quicker yeah. than that development at the moment. So it might be a little while before we see players of that ilk coming through uh, again. But we've good. certainly got some talent in there as well. I mean, Mings when he's come in this season took him a couple of games to get going, and I think that he can. That Man United game, yeah, changed him, didn't it? Yeah, if he gets in. Again, next season, he can, he can have a good run uh, in the team. The same Brad Smith. I think one of the reasons why we've seen Daniels back to his best this season is actually he might have a good understudy who's pushing him quite hard this year. Um, Moussa is very raw, yeah. needs some time to develop. And actually one of the, the things that Eddie is incredibly good at with his team is that coaching and that development. Uh, Lewis... Yeah. Um, I am terrible with yeah, names at the moment. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, I've got, I've got a quick question to ask you before we talk about the back of the end of season awards in a moment. And I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, who is your player of the season? It's between one of two, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, it's between Josh King and Steve Cook yeah. for me, and definitely. Can you can you get off that fence and decide which way you're going to fall? Uh, yeah, I would give it to King just for his run of goals and form um, in the second half of the season. I mean, what's he on now? 11? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And Alex, what, who's, who's your player of the season? It's just to be done. I'd probably King as well. I think he's won us games. He's won us points yeah. by himself sometimes um, with, with those goals. West Ham's won. Um, there's there's been a few times where he, he's won us those games and Cook's been amazing. Mm. And if, if if Josh King hadn't had the season he had, he would have walked it. Yeah. But um, yeah, to see a player like I think also just to see a player turn around like Josh King has, it's yeah. just yeah. It gives me hope for some of the other players that we've got That's coming it. through as well. I mean, no, I'm not so worried as such about Lewis Cook because you know he look he looks like a like an incredible talent as well. But if you look at King when he first came into the team oh, yeah. and you know the famous worst player to wear our shirt thread <laughs> yeah, yeah. out there and some of the comments given about him which were completely unfair um, yeah, for, a, for a player like that he took some time out I of the team and he came him. back I didn't, I didn't him, I no. I, I, he seemed to struggle with the same thing as uh, Callum Wilson did when he first joined which was just thinking a bit too much I think mm-hmm. I think Callum Wilson used to get the ball just when early, in the early days he used to get the ball and then yeah. think and then once he 
but Eddie must train that album. Yeah. It's just yeah. different. Like, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So it's interesting to get your thoughts. Uh, so now, here's some more information about the Back of the Net End of Season Awards, and it all kicks off tomorrow. So as you'll have heard last week, Back of the Net is holding its end of season awards and we're going to be asking you to log on to our website and vote on 10 questions which represents the good, the bad and the ugly of the 2016-17 season. Now we did the same last season and we got an amazing number of votes through where we discovered player of the season, goal of the season, best atmosphere and many other categories besides. So, as per last season, the vote is completely unrestricted. Now, starting tomorrow on Twitter, we're going to be getting your preliminary opinions in. If you're not following us now, do it. Follow at AFCB Podcast, and we're going to be posting the categories on a daily basis. And then we'll refine the top four answers for each category, and then we'll get the actual voting show on the road. Well in about 10 or 11 days time so the categories for the 2016-17 season are the assist of the season goal of the season best stadium visited the best chance the best atmosphere. Save of the season. Match of the season. Most improved player of the season. Player of the season. Supporter of the year. So, as mentioned, keep an eye on our Twitter feed. It starts tomorrow. As the days go on, we'll be posing questions to you and we'd love your feedback then. Uh, Within, as I say, 10 or 11 days' time, it's basically going to be when our last match of the season happens. We'll be releasing the voting page on our website for you to go and register your thoughts in the end of season awards. And then we cannot wait to announce the winners live on the podcast we are looking forward to hearing what you have to say remember follow us now at afcb podcast so there we go those are the categories very interesting to see what people are going to say over twitter as i said we're going to be putting the tweets out every day we're going to gauge opinion and then we're going to refine it down and we're going to have the poll on our website in about a week or so's time. So on Saturday, we entertain Burnley at Dean Court. Are you expecting a dull, lifeless affair or you think there's going to be a bit of action, Aidy? I think we're going to see goals. Yeah. Do you yeah. think we're going to see uh, more goals for Bournemouth and Burnley? Yeah, we owe them for earlier in the season, yeah. definitely. The um, the whole kind of Eddie Howe Bernie thing is, I mean, then that's gone now, isn't it? There was that for the first season. There was that whole oh, he's he's at Burnley and it's the it's his former club, but now it's just completely forgotten. And Burnley have done really well this season, haven't they, Alex? Yeah, yeah, they have. I really, really rate um, Sean Dodge. Um, I think he's he's done excellent. Um, 
it's all just. If, I don't think either team really cares, to be honest. It, both, it worked out for both of them. It worked out for Burnley and it worked out for us. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of questions at Eddie Howe or Deutsch for manager of the season. What do you think? Oh. Well, I, I'm going to go for Eddie Howe, obviously. However, Sean Deutsch has, has done a very good job. He's got such a sort of unit there and uh, he's got a fair amount of English players and he's he seems to be fairly similar to Eddie Howe in, in certain ways. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'd have to give it to Eddie. I mean, will he be manager of the season? Or surely it's going to be Conte anyway, isn't it? I think Conte, for what he's done with Chelsea in terms of turning around from that start performance at the start of the season, um, I'm with you. Going to put my uh, my biased hat on. Yeah, Eddie Howe, definitely. But I think what Dyke has done at Burnley, given the resources that he's got and the history that Burnley have had each time they've been in the Premier League before, and if you you know this is their first season back up, he's done a he's done a fantastic job there. So, who of the uh, rumours that we've been seeing online uh, about potential potentially joining the club? Obviously, Jack Welsh is out injured. The kind of the talk about him rejoining the Cherries next season's died down a bit. There's been John Terry. Uh, there's been a few players mentioned. Is there anyone that you particularly like to be seeing coming down? Because this is what uh, Jamie again has said is is with regards to recruitment. Um, obviously, there have been a few signings that Eddie's made that perhaps haven't done as well as others. However, is there anyone that you'd like to see in red and black next season, Alex? Um, I, I don't think Eddie Howe's recruitment is that bad considering what we've got to play with. We've got, we've got money up front, yeah. but we do not have a high wage bill. And that, is, that makes it really, really difficult to take, take players in. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've never been that... I've, I, I, think, I think we'll see Defoe. I think we'll see Defoe. And mm-hmm. like him or not, I think we'll probably see Terry. And, I, and I'm sure we'll see Begovic. I think, I think we'll, we'll see Begovic. I think there's, there's something going on in the background there as well. I'm on the fence with Terry. I think there's a lot that he can do from a coaching point of view to, to help organise the unit at the club. I hope that he wants to play for us and he wants to have another season in the Premier League and we're not going to break the bank from a wage perspective to, to, to get him in the team. Um, Defoe, yeah. it's a difficult one because Josh King, if we keep him at the moment, is going to play in a very similar kind of role at yeah. the moment and do you sacrifice his development for a season to, to fit Defoe into the team or and is Defoe going to want to yeah. sit on the bench in the last few years of his career? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think... One player for me, I'd really like to see if they go down is Gilfie Sigurdsson, but I don't think it. I don't think it will happen. But I, I think he would fit very well into into our team as well. So winding back to Saturday, then uh, Burnley at Dean Court, starting eleven. Are you thinking any changes need to be made, or would you start with the same eleven that started against Stoke? We're running out of players a bit, aren't we? Um, I'd love to see people, someone like Sam Surridge, get a go, even even get five ten minutes. But yeah. do you think that's feasible? I can't see it happening. Um, Depends it'd on. Be, it'd be nice, but I think, um, yeah, I, I, I can't see that happening. Um, I think it would probably be unchanged. Um, Is Stanislas out? Mm, good point, because even when he celebrated that goal, mm. he was hobbling away, wasn't he? But yeah. we'll cut to the chase. We'll Sorry, get him. The day looks all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alex is in the know, Jamie, so it's absolutely fine. Uh, I'll cut to the chase then. Prediction time for Saturday. We'll start with A.D. Brown. 
man in the know. You're going for what? 2-0. 2-0. Any yeah. predictions on scores? King and... Hey, come on, let's go King and Cook. King? Uh, oh, which Cook? Steve Cook, oh, I think. Steve Cook. It, it, you know, he every now and again likes to pop up with a worldie, so... He's nearly about to say Lewis, then. <laughs> Maybe not. He's got a glint in his eye. Uh, Mr Deutsch, what's your uh, thoughts? Uh, my heart says 3-2 Bournemouth. I, it's going to be nil-nil. We all know it's going to be nil-nil. <laughs> yeah. A ball draw. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah no, probably, I, I think there is goals in it. Probably... Two, two, one. Two, one, two, one Bournemouth. Let's, let's be nice and optimistic. Cool. OK, well, really, thank you very much, AD Brown. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you very much for having me. And, of course, Alex Deutsch again for coming on the podcast. It's quite all right. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hi, this is The Biggin, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. So you may have heard a plea from us on last week's podcast that we need to get as many people as we can involved in the show because we're not sure whether we're going to be around next season. And it's not scare tactics, but it's just it takes so long to do. <laughs> it really does. And um, when some people are away, I'm away some weekends, Sean's away some weekends. It's just a nightmare. So we'd like to share the load. Uh, if you're interested, email fans at afcvpodcast.com. Uh, thanks to everyone that has got in touch. To be honest, not as many as we had hoped. However, um, really appreciate it. Uh, good to hear some names that we've never heard pop up before. Uh, so thank you very much. And uh, we'll kind of see what goes on at the end of the season. We'll sit back, analyse it. Sean's going to be in his big James Bond chair with his cat on his lap and have a think. And I'm going to do the same, albeit um, probably with a with a can of Sainsbury's G&T but hey we'll see what happens for next season but we've got more important things between now and then especially concentrating on how many points AFC Bournemouth can get can we get two wins from our final two fixtures I'd like to think we can before that though do you remember at the start of the show? Well, it was quite an interesting one, wasn't it? An outspoken manager that seemed to have a dislike for local radio stations, namely 2CRFM. What happened to them, eh? All this heart nonsense. And Wave 105. It was... It wasn't difficult, considering we've not had many managers. It was Kevin Bond. And, uh, wow, he was... He was not backwards in coming forwards, was he? But thank you, John Sharkey, for giving us uh, the audio, albeit years ago, and I've just decided to use it now. But anyway, really interesting audio there. And I've got to say thank you to everyone that is sharing and liking and following on Instagram and all these different platforms. It really does mean so much to us. But thanks once again for listening. This is episode 47. Next time, it's 48. Hopefully we'll reach 50. But this has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Back to Cook having drawn two defenders in Jordan 9. Steve Cook sees the headlines, drives it for goal, spilt, and Ake has won it joy! Nathan Ake stands at home, and the Terries have surely... Four, Liverpool 
Sports Social Podcast Network.